Welcome to the Natural Super Kids Podcast, where you will discover practical strategies to inspire you to boost the health and nutrition of your kids. I'm Jessica Donovan, a qualified naturopath specializing in kids' health, and I want to make it as easy as possible for you to raise healthy and happy kids. Let's get into it. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Natural Super Kids podcast. If this is your first time listening, welcome. I'm so happy to have you here. And we have plenty of episodes for you to binge listen to if you enjoy this episode. So here in Australia, we are in the throes of winter, which means the winter illnesses, the infections, all that fun stuff that us parents have to deal with. And so we're doing a bit of an immunity series and I am going to be talking about fever today. Now we've covered this on the podcast before, episode number 73. I tend to do some content on fever every winter because you know, there's more than one way to look at fever. I want to open parents' eyes up to the fact that fever is not something we need to fight off when our kids are sick. Yes, of course we do need to you know, be cautious around fever. And I'm going to be talking about that today. But today I want to talk more about some of the common medications that are used for fever in children and adults. We're talking about paracetamol and ibuprofen and, you know, some of the downsides to these medications that are so common and so popular that not a lot of people think twice when they are giving these medications. And look, I'm certainly not a purist. I take paracetamol and ibuprofen at times. My kids take paracetamol and ibuprofen at times. But I think it is important for us to raise awareness about some of the downsides of these medications and why it's not always a good idea to reach for the medication as soon as our children have a fever. Because when kids fall sick, that's what many parents do. I've even talked to parents that give things like paracetamol and ibuprofen as a preventative, just in case their kids are teething or have a restless night. And I just like cringe at that because, you know, these are medications that we do need to be careful with. So um, let's start by talking about fever. Because a lot of the time, there is no need to treat a fever. Um, Of course, we do have these medications available to us if and when we need them. But the marketing for things like Kids Panadol um, is really designed to make us believe that it, it is, you know, really safe. If we're not using it, we are doing our, you know, our kids an injustice. Um, you know, the beautiful ads portraying caring mums that are doing their best for their little ones and making sure that there is no discomfort at all. But, you know, I think that in life we do need to have discomfort. It's not always something that we we need to fight. And so, yeah, I just want to sort of um, help people think a little bit differently about this. Um, And so, of course, paracetamol, ibuprofen will help our children feel more comfortable. They will help get everyone get a better night's sleep, you know, so that so they do definitely have their place. But what we need to understand is that fever 
is actually a healthy and natural response to a challenge that the immune system is facing, like an infection. It is a healthy way for the body to support immune function and to fight off bugs. So when we're giving our kids medication to drop that fever, you know, we are interfering with the body's natural ability and natural um, immune function, if we like. So let's have a look at why a fever is healthy. So when our kids get a fever, and this this applies to adults as well, it actually stimulates immune function. So when the body temperature rises, it makes the immune system more efficient. So if we bring down that fever, you know, we can we can it can kind of lead to an infection being longer lived. So that should be a you know motivation to think twice about do we need to bring this fever down or is this fever actually quite healthy and I'll get to you know the the um the nitty gritty of that in a moment. The other thing that fever does is it helps to slow down the infectious microbes that are causing the illness. So germs, microbes, infections, they grow and spread quickly. But a fever helps to slow down this this growing and spreading, which gives the immune system a chance to get on top of the infection. And the last thing that a fever does is it helps to slow down our kids when they're sick, which is what they should be doing, resting. Um, And particularly, you know, busy, busy kids and at certain ages, it can be really hard to get our kids to rest adequately when they're sick. So when our kids do have a fever, you know, they slow down, they go quiet, they rest. um, And that is a good thing. When our child is fighting an infection, they need plenty of rest so that they're resources are funneled into the fight against that infection. When we give them medicine to relieve the fever, they perk back up and in no time they're running around using up that crucial energy um, to, you know, do do what they they normally do and taking it away from their immune function. So this affects how well their system is able to fight off germs. We know when we're sick, one of the best things we can do is rest. And so a fever really helps our kids to rest. So whenever possible, we don't want to suppress a fever. In many cases, allowing the fever to do its job is the best way to get our kids well again in the quickest way possible. And of course, yes, we do need to be careful with fever. There are certainly some guidelines that we want to think about. And um, Health Direct have a really great uh, infographic um, that that really backs up sort of what I am saying. Um, so let me just kind of go through this with you so that so that we're clear. And this is, you know, from that from um Health Direct, the um, you know, the, the guidelines of what we should do when our kids have a fever. So if our child has a temperature of over 38 degrees, we want to be looking at their age first and foremost. Um, and Health Direct recommends that if your child is under three months with a temperature above 38 degrees, you go to the emergency department. You know, fevers are much more serious. Um in young children. If your child is between three and 12 months, it's recommend that you see a doctor if their temperature is 38 degrees or higher. But if your child is more than 12 months old, 
Um, what is recommended is that you look for other red flag symptoms. Headaches, stiff necks, drowsiness, seizures, difficulty breathing, vomiting, diarrhea, a new skin rash, dehydration when they're not drinking or weeing enough, um, if their fever is long lasting, longer than 48 hours, or they are in pain. If you are saying yes to one or more of those, it's recommended that you see a doctor. If you're not saying yes to one or more of those, you can manage the fever at home by keeping fluids up, dressing in lighter clothing, keeping the room cool, um, and you can consider pain relief. So this is the medical advice through Health Direct. So it's nothing new when I'm talking about letting a fever run its course. And then you might ask, you know, but what about febrile convulsions? And of course, this is the the, the thing that we're all worried about as parents when our kids get a fever. And so, yes, there are some cases where we want to bring the temperature down if they are at a higher risk or a high risk of febrile convulsions. Um, but there are also other ways that we can reduce the risk of seizures, febrile convulsions, and spot the warning signs before they occur. So febrile convulsions are a particular risk for young children. This is why, you know, if, if children are under 12 months, we definitely want to be more careful. But what's important to note is that, that it's not the number on the thermometer that is the the signify like the, the most significant thing when it comes to a fever. So the number on the thermometer is not the best way to determine whether a febrile convulsion is, you know, it, whether, whether a child is at risk of a febrile convulsion. It is more the, 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 um, how quickly the temperature is going up. So one child with a temperature of 39 degrees might be running around and functioning normally, but another child with a temperature of 39 degrees might be unresponsive and hard to wake. So we're looking at that, you know, that child led um, or, you know, we're looking for signs in the child as to whether we want to, you know, take action to bring that fever down. And as I said, really important to note how quickly that fever is increasing because the quicker the temperature spikes up, the more, you know, that's the risk factor for a febrile convulsion, convulsion or seizure. So the quicker the temperature spikes up, the more likely it will end in a convulsion or a seizure. So looking at how a child is responding is also really important. You know, we expect them to be a bit tired, um, but as long as they're responsive, you know, we can probably let the fever kind of run its course. But if they're listless, unresponsive, difficult to wake, confused, disorientated, then we want to take steps to bring that fever down. And another huge risk factor when it comes to fever is dehydration. So we want to make sure that our kids are well hydrated whenever they have a fever. As soon as they start to run a temperature, make sure they're drinking you know, water regularly, um, get them to suck on ice blocks. You can look at, at things like hydrolyte, um, you know, if necessary. A good kind of, um, a good way to, to tell whether they are adequately hydrated is to make sure they are urinating at least every six to eight hours. So it can be a really good idea to, you know, keep track of this. If they haven't done a wee, 
for more than six to eight hours, then they're probably not adequately hydrated. So that is, you know, the, the nuts and bolts of fever. Um, and if you are a Natural Super Kids Club member, we have a really great cheat sheet on managing fever in children that you can download from the club portal. As I said, there's that health direct infographic that you can have a look at as well. That's just available online. Um, you can probably Google that. So let's have a look at the potential risks of using medication for fever. We know all medications have potential side effects and compared to a lot of other medications, fever reducing medications such as paracetamol and ibuprofen are relatively safe. But I still think it's important to, you know, bring awareness to some of the downsides of these medications. So let's start with paracetamol, you know, commonly known as Panadol here in Australia. So one of the key things about paracetamol is that it depletes glutathione. This is why we don't want to take paracetamol too often. So glutathione is the body's master antioxidant. It helps our immune system to function well. It plays an important role in our detox pathways. And paracetamol reduces the levels of glutathione in the body which lowers our capacity to fight off infection. So you think about using paracetamol to bring down a fever, and we talked about the benefits of fever and how that actually supports immunity when our kids have a fever. Um, And then when we add this kind of depletion of glutathione into the mix, um, you know, there's some really good reasons that we might want to hold off on the paracetamol. Paracetamol use is linked to asthma and allergic conditions. So using paracetamol in the early years can lead to the development of asthma and atopic conditions. There was one study that looked looked at over 200,000 children across the globe and how much paracetamol they were given in their first year of life. The more paracetamol they were given, the higher the risk of conditions including asthma, eczema, and allergic diseases. So, you know, that's a piece of information that not a lot of people are familiar with. And those, you know, certainly those ads for Panadol, for kids Panadol, do not tell us, you know, about that piece of information. So I will link to... um, you know, some information and and, and studies um, and ex- extra information about glutathione and also this link um, between paracetamol and asthma and allergic conditions as well. And I did just also want to mention, because I know a lot of parents give paracetamol um, to help their kids cope with immunizations. And it's often a piece of advice that the doctors give is to give paracetamol before immunizations. Um, but the goal of immunizations is to stimulate a immune response. So if we're suppressing this beforehand, it can interfere with how effective the immunization is. So studies have found that using paracetamol can reduce the production of antibodies in response to immunizations. And remember, that's what we want when um, our kids are getting an immunization. Um, We want that production of antibodies. 
So for most kids, this this is probably going to be a very small reduction, but um, you know it can add up in the future when they come across a, a nasty disease that they might be you know being immunized against. So a good rule of thumb when it comes to paracetamol and immunizations is don't use it beforehand, but if they get a fever, they feel uncomfortable, they feel unwell after they've had an immunization, then potentially you can use paracetamol then. Of course, you know, seeking medical um, advice on this is important. So that's Panadol or paracetamol. Now let's have a little chat about ibuprofen. Um, you know, really commonly known as Nurofen here in Australia. There are obviously other brands as well. So there are several well-known links between ibuprofen and gut issues. Ibuprofen use can lead to digestive upsets, bleeding in the digestive tract and stomach ulcers. And this is why it's so important. And most people know this is to only give or take ibuprofen after food. Never take ibuprofen on an empty stomach. However, ibuprofen also has other side effects in children. Using ibuprofen has been linked to kidney damage, particularly when a child is dehydrated. So if your child is severely dehydrated due to something like a gastro infection or maybe even a fever, it's best to leave ibuprofen until you can get some fluids into your child. Really important to note that. So no ibuprofen in dehydration and um, making sure ibuprofen is given on top of food, after food. There are also studies that have found that ibuprofen can increase the risk of complications in respiratory infections, such as pneumonia. So I will, again, link to um, some further information and studies on this for anyone who is interested in the show notes. So what do we do when our kids have a fever? You know, yes, of course, we can you know, turn to paracetamol and ibuprofen. We want to keep these medications minimal. Um, You know, I tend to use these medications if my kids are really uncomfortable um, or, you know, they're not able to sleep and that sort of thing. They can be really useful there. And of course, you know, if a fever goes on for too long, um, you know, if a fever is spiking too quickly, uh, then, yeah, you can use these these medications um, at times then. But there are some other things we can do when our kids have a fever without needing to rely on medications. Um, so one thing we can do is cool them down using like a tepid or a, or a lukewarm bath or even just some cloths, you know, some cool cloths to warm, uh, to, to, to cool them down, a wet flannel or a towel. We want to make sure they are resting and allow them to rest as much as possible. I know this is tricky with our busy lives and we might not want to take another day off work to stay home and look after sick kids, but resting and resting and hydration are really the most important things when it comes to our kids being sick and having a fever. Um, so we want to keep them hydrated, you know, water or ice blocks, um, Rehydration formulas at times can be helpful as well. It's normal for kids not to have 
much of an appetite when they're sick and when they have a fever. So focus more on fluids rather than food. Don't stress about kids not eating much for a couple of days. If it goes on for much further than that, then you, you know, you probably want to seek some medical attention and advice. But there are also herbal medicines, um, yarrow, elderflower, peppermint, that can help to support the body's response to infection and fever, as well as keeping them hydrated. So, you know, a peppermint tea or um, a yarrow tea, an elderflower tea, you can get a combination of all of these herbal teas. Um, you know, even if it's it's served cool, um, can be really great for helping, a, you know, helping a child sort of, or helping to support the body's response to infection and fever. I hope that has helped you think about some of these common medications a little bit differently um, and also about fever differently. I'd love to hear from you. Um, one of the best ways to get in contact with us is over on Instagram at Natural Super Kids. You can send us a private message. Let me know, um, you know, what you have learned from this podcast episode um, and make sure you're following us over on Instagram as well, because we always share some sort of supportive information um, to these topics that we focus on in the podcast. Thank you so much for listening and I will talk to you soon. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Head on over to our website, naturalsuperkids.com for the show notes for this episode, as well as a whole heap of inspiration to help you raise healthy and happy kids. I'll see you next week.